Ah, Mad Max Boulevard was very nice to me this morning. I always thoroughly enjoy that when Mad Max Boulevard is good to me. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. And, of course, the podcasts are available to you on the free Odyssey app and everywhere podcasts are available, which has, that's a bunch of places. You know, when I was a kid, when I chose not to go to college, everybody in uh, every, well, not everybody, a few of my high school teachers wanted to know why I didn't want to go to college. And there was a few reasons why I didn't want to go to college. I didn't want to go to college because one, uh, I didn't have the money to go to college. I had not tried to go to college. I had taken the SAT. I qualified by that to go to college, but I just didn't want to go. So for that reason, I did not go. Now, my peers, of course, went, and about the time they were getting out of college, I joined the military. I joined the military because of the terrorist attack at the Marine Corps barracks in Beirut and in, in, uh, in Lebanon, and uh, that's why I joined, because I thought we were about to go to war, which then I went and waged Cold War for three years in Europe and all that other, all that other sundry stuff. Now... Back then, I don't think colleges were in the indoctrination business. I'm sure they were because they started being in that business in the 60s, but I was a kid, and I wasn't of college age. But it wasn't like it is today because just like the Doobie Brothers album, they have now made it a policy. So for them, what were once vices are now habits. Academia is the problem with the United States today. That it is, it is one of the big problems. If you wanted to make a square out of the big problems, this would be on one of the corners. Academia is one of the problems. And, uh, you know, academia used to, be a, a, used to be a respectful profession to be in. Now it's contemptible. And just look at what we see. Look at what we're teaching these kids, right? A, a, a person going to college while they're becoming conscious and everything, and they're, they're young adults and they're trying to find who they are, they're in this discovery mode of who they are. So they're looking for something to follow, some, some cause, some, some, you know, some, some, some reason. So they are, it's very easy for them to follow the leader. But the, the leader, being academia, they have outlived their usefulness now. Their reputation is in the garbage bin. They live in a politically correct culture that is beyond anything I've ever seen in my life. They have administrative bloat where there's people there that just sit there just to be there and make a lot of money doing it. They have, they, remarkably, they have an inability to teach any basic concepts. It's all driven by greed. College tuition has gone the way of health insurance. Now that the government got involved in it and they know that they're going to get a loan somehow or another for it and to pay it, well, now it's gone through the roof. And on top of it all, we now have a bunch of young heads full of mush and they're getting out there and they're saying these things and doing these things about what's happened in Israel. And uh, they're calling for genocide. They're, they're approving of genocide. 
Now, first of all, that's not in their best interest because the people that they are being the champion of, if they were in their midst, they would slaughter them in the same vein as they slaughtered all of those other innocents in Israel. And let's make no mistake. I understand some sort of a military target. I get it. I understand it. But when your military targets belong to sororities and, and fraternities and you know they have part-time jobs, um, no, those are not military targets. So the days of academia actually being of any use to our society are over. There, you know, and the children, the kids that are coming out of the, the the educational system, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do for them because they're coming out here and they they exist in a world or they they believe they exist in a world that doesn't really exist. They don't don't understand. They don't understand the Harvard education, the Yale education. What are you going to do with it now? Especially now that they're being blackballed. Some firms that are out there that actually exist in the world where they're looking for clients to come and pay them are not going to want this kind of an activist. I mean, look at Colin Kaepernick. Kids, I mean, the kid is an athlete, no doubt about it. But he decided to have a cause, and they they mollycoddled him, and then they cut him, and now nobody wants him. And he's probably a better athlete than a lot of the, a lot of guys playing the game today. But it's just you know, it's just too much. They just don't want him. So, college is no longer a meritocracy. That's gone. Because now, most of the time, the uh, you know the college kids, they uh, if they get a C, they're going they're going to browbeat the professor till they get a B or an A. So that's not a real grade, even. And they're in debt up to their eyeballs. What's what 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 does it cost to get a college degree now? A- anywhere from uh, what I I don't know what college I don't know what college tuition costs. I think you know maybe you're talking maybe hundred sixty thousand dollars by the time you've got a four year degree, for what? And and this is the thing about a college degree. I when when I got out of the military, I decided I wanted to sort of work alone. So I became a I got on a beer route because everybody loves the beer man, and I'm on this beer route. And I decided another day I was looking at the wine guys and their workload seems so much easier. So I go to the wine place and they're in the midst of hiring me. And they go, what's your degree? And I said, my degree? They said, yeah, your degree. I said, well, I spent six years in the military. Does that count? They said, no, you got to have a college degree to work here. I said, to sell wine? Because their job was consisted of getting it up there and making sure the label's faced out right and dusting the dust off of the wine bottles and making it look like it just got put there and all this other stuff. That was the job. I could do that. I used to run track... I used to run track vehicles, and you know, I used to uh, I used to jump out of a running helicopter on a something called a fast rope. I did a lot of things that get people killed sometimes, and I did them and I survived them. I'm pretty sure I could have dusted the wine, but no, I didn't have a degree. What does? And that was then. And I asked the guy, I said, "What what does the degree tell you that if I had it, that I'm I'm good enough to sell wine? If I had a degree in physical education, you'd give me a job selling wine." He said, "Yep." So. Now it's just college is a credential manufacturing operation. You get the degree, and how many people actually work in their field? You know? And a lot of people 
don't go to college and they become billionaires. It, it's not a requirement to get out there. And all I see, you know, people going to college, they want, they want to go to college because they think that's the way they're going to make money. This is the way you're going to go in debt unless you got money to pay for it or unless you get a full scholarship. If you get a full scholarship, okay, I can see you going to college if you get the full ride and they're not make, charging you anything to do it. But the Oppenheimers of the world, they don't, they're not going to, you know, they're going to look at this and say, I'm not, why would I go into debt? So academia is in decline. Because structurally, they become unsound. They're no longer what they used to be. And what they're doing is they're turning out a bunch of useful idiots. And that's, 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 that's troubling to me simply because, well, the United States deserves more than this from their citizens to be a useful idiot. For all those out there that think we should be humanitarian and taking Palestinian refugees, I'm just, you know, when pigs fly. But I'll, I'll get to the details. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. All right. Note to anybody out there, if it, when Radio 101, you always get thrashing music for your bumps coming in because that just winds you up, all right? GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I got some good texts on here, so let me put on my glasses and read these. So I was talking about EMP yesterday, and and this is good. This is actually a pretty good pretty good point. Um Anything that you have that is a memory that is digital, you probably need to get a hard copy of it because with an EMP, there's no guarantee that you're ever going to be able to re restore that. It's going to be gone. So if you're talking about pictures of loved ones or uh, contracts or birth certificates, you need to get a simple premise, hard copy. Actual stuff in hand is always better than anything that you virtually have anyway. Then I got this one, and I, I remember this so well. Bill, I always hated being behind a wine vendor at the DSD receiving door. Those idiots could never get an invoice right. That's true. That's always true. Uh, so, like, when you're on a route, you go you go to the back door of wherever you're delivering, and you walk in there, and they have the direct shipping DSD. I can't remember what it stands for, but, I mean, and most of these people are very good at what they do, and it's all about getting that invoice right. And if you get your invoice right, then you, you get to go in, and you get to put your stuff up. If you don't, then you're going to be sitting there, to get it right. And the credentialed, degreed wine vendors could never get it right. And if you're a wine vendor out there and you get yours right all the time, well, that was back in the day when we were handwriting them. Now they do them on iPads and it, it, there's just no way for it. And they probably don't even print anything anymore. Which that would be lost in an EMP. Anyway. Right now, the squad out there, the you know, the AOC, Rashida Tlaib, uh, Ilhan Omar branch of the Democratic Socialist Organization there, they want to import the Palestinian refugees. What a smoking hot idea. I thought we were already doing that. I thought that's why the border was open. Am I wrong? I, I don't know. And, of course, the emergency exit challenge, Jamal Bowman is the one floating this out there. Is that a door handle or a fire alarm? Let's pull it and find out. 
when you're importing somebody from a foreign country, right? So <laughs> uh, when you're importing something from a foreign country, people, you got to vet those people. There's no means to vet those people. There's nobody to call in Gaza and say, listen, I got dude here, and he says he was a shine boy. Was he a good fella? There's nobody to call about that. There's nobody to call. Because right now, anybody that would have actually, you know, there was not a lot of jobs going on in Gaza. They were not completely devoid of jobs, but there was not a lot of jobs going on in Gaza. There was not a lot of opportunity for jobs in Gaza because they never created any. But I digress. Um, there's nobody to call. So here we got a guy in Bowman who's easily confused by, you know, English words. And uh, he says 50% of the population in Gaza are children. The international community as well as the United States should be prepared to welcome refugees from Palestine while being very careful to vet and not allow members of Hamas. So he's insane as well. What a, what a surprise. He can't read. That, that explains it. People that are insane can't read. They, they, they just get garbled up in their, in, their, in their very complex and messed up mind. And here's the thing about this. This is what they're thinking. They're thinking to themselves, you know, these, these guys would vote for me if I bring them in. And that's not the case, Jamal. They would look at you, Jamal, and they would see the infidel. Because make no, there, there is, with the Islamic fundamentalism in place, with, with what Hamas does, right, the way they look at the world, uh, there's, there's two kinds of people that they want to kill. Bad Muslims, which they're the ones that label them, and everybody else. Everybody else. If you are not willing to submit, sort of like the progressive left, they want you to submit as well. If you're not willing to submit, then, you know, you're the infidel and you have to be dealt with. And, you, you know, all that other stuff. And while the progressive left is sitting here hating America and they're thinking, this would be great. We could bring these guys in and it'd just be chaotic. And we love chaos. We thrive in chaos. You've never existed in chaos, Jamal. You don't know what real chaos is. Real chaos is something you taste. It's it when when somebody's DNA gets blown into your face and you get to sample it, that's chaos. It's it's not it's not chaotic to be looking at saying is that a, is that a is that an open door handle? That's not chaotic, Jamal. And what you're asking for, if you got it, you would run away crying. You'd be running looking for somebody that knows what to do, and you'd be calling him daddy. Now, does this mean that everybody in Gaza hates America? No. But they've been weaned on a very steady diet of anti-Semitic and anti-American. In that order, because Israel's right across the border, and hey, we can get them so easy. But if they got here, what a wide-open target this would be. But, you know, they live. the people of Gaza, they've been living a very oppressed, depressing life. I mean, there's a reason that Yasser Arafat did not, he died a billionaire. And it wasn't because he hit the Powerball. It's because he was a totalitarian. His successors are not out there going, well, what's it going to be, spam or peanut butter tonight? They're not living that way. To wipe a brainwashed mind, that is possible on an individual scale, but it is not possible on mass. And the people of Gaza, who voted in Hamas to lead Gaza, and 
who do not resist them while they're being told, you can't leave. Give us your car key. You can't leave. They're not fighting back. There's no uprising against Hamas in Gaza. So at the very at the very least, I have to think they're sympathetic to the cause. And in this country, I was just talking about these college campuses. They see this stuff because it's on the big TV tube, and they think they would be they would be welcome here. Um, they wouldn't. Ilhan Omar, she's a refugee from Somalia, and she's about as sympathetic to terrorism and radical Islam as you can be. And she's in her third marriage, her second one that isn't her brother. And uh, she's one of the few sexually liberated, devout Muslim women on the planet. But she is anti-Semitic. What she lacks in marital uh, fidelity, she makes up for the hatred of white people and Jewish people and, and anybody else that disagrees with her. Just like a leftist or just like an Islamic. Very close in the same sort of uh, outlook on life. And you'd think that somebody drowning would develop an affinity for that lifeboat that saved him, but that's not what happened to Omar. She she runs an ID politics. She swims in it. She only condemns Islamic terrorism when she's forced to do it, and then she doesn't mean it. Then there's Talib, a Palestinian. So she's always playing the my people card and uses that as cover for her hatred of Jewish people. What have they done to her? Probably nothing, nothing ever personally to her. It's other people, maybe family, but the story she's heard secondhand from the indoctrination machine. And that works on the very feeble-minded or the young that are in college. And Omar and Tlaib, they are very much a product of ID politics. So while they're out there trying to play you into the plight of the Palestinians, just remember this. We're not going to take, if Egypt is not going to take them and Jordan is not going to take them, we don't need to take them. I guess maybe, well, you know, maybe if they decided to make it to the southern border, Biden would let them come on in. Have you ever wondered why all of the Bond supervillains are European? That when we get back, this is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Isn't that glorious? Just gets me just amped up all the way. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Uh, it was always interesting. You know, Ian Fleming was British, so everybody else, all the villains were somebody else. They were from somewhere else in Europe. You know, Le Chief, Art Goldfinger, they were always from somewhere, you know. Maybe uh, in Nordic or Germanic, something like that. And it is still very much that way today. Nowadays, the James Bond villains, they fly in private jets to Davos. They congratulate for surviving another year amongst us. We're, we're just considered to be vegetables. Middle class are vegetables. 
When Klaus Schwab was sitting down with Joe Biden in 2016, he said the middle class are holding back the fourth industrial revolution. The poor can be bribed, the elites stand to gain, but the ordinary person will be need to be forced against their will. I wish they would just go ahead and do that. I mean, I, yeah. see, here's the thing. Klaus Schwab's vision of the world is never going to be realized while he's alive. And he probably understands this, and he doesn't care, because that's the thing about the left. The left is always playing the long game, and they always expect it to go beyond them. And it's never about what's happening today. It's about what can I precipitate going forward? What can I make happen? So, you know, he's okay. And I wonder why, you know, I wonder why they need the peasants, but I know why they need the peasants. But I mean, they asked the question out loud. Yuval Noah Harari, known as the WEF prophet, he said, what do we need humans for? The moment of our best solution is keep them happy with drugs and computer games. Know your enemy, people. Know your enemy. Jane Goodall, you know, she loves the chimps. Who doesn't think it's cute when the chimps walk up to Jane and hug her? Who doesn't? Well, you know what? She thinks that the big problem with the world is humans. If we could go back to when there was only 500 million people on the planet, the planet would be a better place. So that means 7.5 billion of us have to die. You could go first, Jane. You're getting up there. Bye. The, and the, the thing about them is the casual arrogance of them. They could at least, if they're really going to be diabolical, you would think they would do this behind closed doors, but that's what unfettered hubris and power coupled with unlimited economic resource looks like. There's no decency. In 2030, for example, because Los Angeles is one of the cities that have signed on to that uh, 2030 accord where there's not going to be any cars. They're going to be private car free, private car. And the freeways are going to be parks instead of the parking lots they are now, except you won't be able to get to them because you won't have a car. His choice, not yours. Anybody asking you about that? And then there's the right of privacy. Well, that's not really a right. If you're not doing anything wrong in Klaus Schwab's world, well, that means that you should ha you have nothing to be afraid of. So you don't have anything to be, you know, nothing, you know. He says, we must accept transparency. Now, remember this. Klaus Schwab is a groomer. He's been grooming leaders who are now in power all over the globe including our president and other people in our country. And uh, and you've got people on both sides of the uh, supposed divide in the uh, political philosophy sitting there looking at his groundwork and saying, let's do it. And we're all going to exist by sufferance in the world that Klaus has chosen for us as long as we toe the line. Our part of the bargain he's made for us is to mute acceptance of dictates and living in the world where he and his chosen ones determine what we see and hear. And this is a guy who spews transparency very easily, like it's a virtue. He's really not fond of it, 
And he does his level best to squelch the nuggets. Like right now, you see uh, that right now Europe is threatening Elon Musk. And Elon Musk is saying, you know what? I'll pull everything out of Europe. And then people are still going to use the app. You just won't, you'll, you'll lose the jobs, which I know you guys can't afford it with your tax base because you're almost Islamic up to your eyeballs now with your welfare state stuffs. Now, to add to this whole thing about the super villainy that they're, they're portraying here, because it really, it's almost cartoon-like, the things they think they're going to do. Um, they think that we don't understand what they're doing. And they have, you know, like I said, they, they've decided to go up against Elon Musk, who Elon Musk is probably the world's richest man, and he could probably buy most of them. And he probably hasn't decided to buy them yet because there's no money to be made. But instead, they're trying to recommend other platforms you can go to instead of the app formerly known as Twitter. So all these people that he's groomed to think this way, they believe that all they have to do is tell you that something's going to be a certain way and you're just going to acquiesce. Why could that possibly be? Well, how about the COVID experiment? How about they say to you, we have another public health crisis. You're going to have to give up your freedom of movement. We'll be coming by your house and giving you your, your, your vaccines and your stamps to go get your, your provisions. Although we will deliver your provisions if you take the provisions we send you. Failure to do so will result in penalties. Now, you don't want to know what I do the first time somebody comes to my door and says that to me. You really don't want to know. I don't want to say it over the radio. They, these are cartoon villains. Be aware. This is happening in the background while we're all... Uh, and we're going to talk about one. We're going to talk about Jane Goodall because everybody thought she was just sweet and just the sweetest old lady. Let's talk about her because she wants you dead. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. For this one, and I don't know what I should have done is I should have gotten the National Geographic theme for this one because we're going to talk about National Geographic sweetheart Jane Goodall. The GS Plumbing Talk line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. Um, you know, back in the day, she was a goddess in the primeval forest, wasn't she? Communing with the primitive species who rule there. With that is their domain. But then <clears throat> we got to see behind the curtain of Jane Goodall when she went to the 2020 stage at the World Economic Forum. And she thinks that the world would be better off with 7.5 billion fewer humans. Now, how should we take that? What does that mean? And who's who dying? Because, I mean, you're going to have to, how, how do you remove seven and a half billion people to make Gaia better? And are those people never going to procreate? 
Every day, she's wistfully thinking, poof, 7.5 billion people fewer. How great. That, that, that's back to the good old days of the 1500s. That was so good back then when, you know, we lived in mud and our life expectancy was between 35 and 45. And, you know, children were birthed into a muddy trench and the moms died in childbirth and the baby died due to exposure. Those were the best days. <laughs> How do we wind up with the World Economic Forum? Why aren't, okay, so here's, here's what we should do. We should get out there and express to the politicians that while you hold office, you are forbidden to cozy up WEF. And then after you get out of office, you're not forbidden, but we're going to hunt you down with the hounds from hell for betraying the, the American people. Why aren't we doing that? Why aren't we telling this to our, at, you know, every time, every time he has a World Economic Forum, you'll look up there and you'll see Al Gore, John Kerry, or Joe Biden. And this is only as long as, uh, this is only as long as you're worth having. Greta Thunberg is now blackballed from this. She is getting too much bad press, so they're going to replace her with some new Gretas. <laughs> So, and then when people tweet about what they're doing, they want to take down the tweets because that's a bad look. And we get, who, who put this out there? The World Economic Forum has removed all mention of Twitter from its social media accounts that it recommends for how to follow Davos 2023. Said they recommend other platforms that can be more tightly controlled and ban people who criticize it. That coming from the Wall Street Silver. Their problem is that people are paying attention to them. This isn't some self-congratulatory congratulatory circle jerk here of these billionaires. People know what they're doing and they see what they're doing. And they're beginning to feel the heat of the very people that they are conspiring to manipulate. Those who question the ideas promoted at the gatherings. have put those discussions out there in the public purview. And we get this. The World Economic Forum and its benefactors are showing are facing major headwinds. What was once a shadowy ruling class ideas shop has been forced into the spotlight, exposing its powerful network to unwanted attention from the common man. The WEF's extremist agenda, which has advanced global narratives such as the Great Reset and Build Back Better, and You'll Own Nothing and You'll Be Happy, among others, has been met with increasingly fierce resistance. In the United States and in pockets abroad, both governmental and private actors are taking action. The WEF is feeling the heat, and for the first time on record, they're waging a concerted defensive public relations campaign against the forces that oppose its advocacy for the technocratic tyranny. And now they're trying to fight the disinformation campaigns. I've got a splendid idea. W-E-U, I, I have a splendid idea. I know a good meeting place for you. Now, recently, I joined American Legion here in Greenville. I'm sure I could get Big Rich to uh, Big Rich Cochran to let me have you know have you as a guest, and you can throw your the the best policies you got to my brethren and sisters at the American Legion, and let's see what you get. Let's see if you get out of the building. 
problem with tyranny is most of the time the tyranny is being advocated for by a bunch of pencil necks that have never put on a plate carrier before. They advocate for it. They, they push for it and everything. And they think everybody's just going to fall in line because they are such deep thinkers. Sometimes, and, and believe it or not, people that know how to wage combat, they're pretty smart. <laughs> they're really very smart about what they do because especially an old man. Beware an old man in the combat game because he probably knows what he's doing if he survived this far. And that's their problem. Awareness. Awareness. So while you're out there plotting to eliminate our lives, understand this. When you get here, it ain't going to be free. As a matter of fact, we might decrease the population, but it's not going to be us that are gone. It's going to be whoever you send to do your work. And we probably won't take it very well, so we're going to say, oh, you were sent by who? Thank you. And then it's lights out. And then some of us might be coming to the World Economic Forum demanding a little time on the stage at the last World Economic Forum that will ever be held, perhaps. So, I mean, all of you that are pushing the science and this and the that, all of you little weird owl villains that are out there, you you James Bond villains, um, you always know, you know, it always ends up the same way. James Bond always kills you in some really imaginative, entertaining way. And I've seen most of those flicks. One thing that the globalists fear the most is the pushback that you're going to bring. Believe that. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.